I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And, and everything's, everything's Coming Up Podcast. Oh boy, oh boy, you guys. <laughs> I had to do the pause. Oh boy, I, oh boy, I you guys. I always think you just forgot what we're doing. It's like, oh God, Julia had a stroke. A peek behind the curtain of how we uh, structure our podcast. This one is going to be a good one. It's going to be a super good one. Yeah. Why, um, do you, why do you think that? Well, I mean, I, mean I, I have my reasons, but what are yours? Many reasons. Well, I think that uh, whenever we talk to somebody who is actually involved with The Simpsons, it's, it's a nice little treat. Yeah, there's something really special about it. Yeah. Should we just jump in? Let's jump in. Okay. But uh, do we have any sponsors? You know what? I mean, I reached out to the artisanal Funyuns people. I reached out to, I was trying to think of hipster businesses. Yeah, I Devil's out Donuts. To, uh, De- well, Devil's Donuts is, is legit, but I was trying to think of like Auto Gyro Uber. What are what were <laughs> other ones that maybe we have missed in this episode? They do, they just didn't get back to us. They didn't get back it's to because us. because they deliver everything by hand. Well, they have old timey watches <laughs> that they have to wind up. And sometimes you forget, you know, because you get too distracted with like pickling things. So, <laughs> you know, you just can't, you can't handle it. So it's all right. Uh, yeah, but aside from that, we are very excited to announce our special guest today, Matt Selman. Hey, Matt. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me in this uh, awesome prostrate <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A prod, a prod, prodcast. Prodcast. I'm Prost- glad that you Prost-cast. busted out the prostrate <laughs> word because I was going to start with that. You're uh, you're lying down on your back. <laughs> if I laugh, is this going to screw up the mic in my chest? No, it's okay. <laughs> the audience will understand that it's okay. because you're either in pain or trying to avoid pain. <laughs> yeah, this is an interesting podcast that I love. laughing or suffering. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I want it to be. It's it's great. We're all hanging out. You're hanging What is the out name of this room back? again, Matt? The Casbah. We're, we're in the, the Casbah. We're coming to you live from the Casbah. <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, just to paint a picture, yeah, uh, Matt is on his back here. He's got some Christmas Simpsons Homer pajamas. He's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <I'm> so pathetic. <laughs> he's, no, we great. set him up. We set him up so that he's got the mic stand on his chest, <laughs> and uh, we will be tweeting a picture of this. So don't yeah. miss that because it it helps. It helps explain what's going on for all of us and why we're maybe a little more giggly than normal. And this isn't how you normally take meetings or record. It is. Podcasts. It is though. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Well, I'm sorry. I'm mistaken. <laughs> it, it may be from now on. Oh, don't say that. That's that's not true. <laughs> You're going to recover by the end of this podcast. Well, I think actually, no, that's a, that's a different level of success now. So you, we're reaching up and <laughs> you've reached a new level of success where you can just take meetings on your back. Yeah. <laughs> that sentence as it came together was, woo, <laughs> twists and turns and all sorts of things. <laughs> but yeah, we're here. We're excited to have you on the show. Um, and I mean, Matt, tell us how long have you worked on The Simpsons? Well, um, I think I might have the record of most consistent nonstop full-time seasons of Simpsons or maybe any other TV show of 20 seasons. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause you were uh, natural born kissers. Natural was, born kissers. Uh, that yeah. was what? 96? 97. Well, 97? it was, it was probably aired in 98 probably. Yeah, Cause that's season nine. Yeah. So I started work in January 97 and now it's March 2016. So I'm starting work, and today was the first table read for season 28. So I'm working on my 20th season. I have yet to complete it. That's so crazy. crazy. It's funny. (laughs) Is there a special prize that you get when you work on The Simpsons for that long? Apparently a uh, herniated S1, R1 lumbar disc, apparently. Cool, (laughs) cool. I mean, I'll take it. For sitting on your butt for 20 years. (laughs) Yeah, there must be like a whole list of like writer related injuries like that, <laughs> you know, that doctors are tired of hearing about. Yeah, well. But that's another podcast. That's another podcast. <laughs> uh so uh you know, you could have picked any episode from the last 20 years that you've been working. Um what are the reasons that you chose this episode to talk about today? You know, I I just felt like it really well the episode in question is um the day the, the, earth, day the, stood day cool. the earth stood cool. <laughs> And I don't know. I just really liked the way it came together. It had all the ingredients that I like in an episode that just make the ones that are for me, they're fun to do. You know, it had like an emotional through line. It had cultural commentary. You know, it involved, it had sort of family dynamics. It had, it had like injury, it had like observational 
I'm just saying how good I think it is. <laughs> it has, you know, totally observational, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> sort of elements of, you know, how people interact in, mo- you know, in the modern world. And, and I just love it also when we get to like take, you know, I've been on the show for a billion years, but I'm still a fan. And I love holding up the mirror of Springfield to the world. And certainly we did that in this episode. And in watching it again this morning, I really, I was really pleased with how hard we worked to try to like get it in as many details as we could, right? And to really just use the visual to transform Springfield in a really interesting visual way, you know, and to, to, to tell the story. Yeah. I love that. And it's really always exciting. Um, it doesn't happen very much um, that you get such a transformation of the town, especially since we know it so well. And I think it could be kind of scary sometimes for any kind of change happening to characters and having a new family come in is always such an exciting, what is going to happen? Because it's mm-hmm. so, <laughs> you know, you just don't know. Sitcom-y contrivance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's so, it, like, I didn't, of course, because I watch Portlandia and because I love Patton Oswalt and I, you know, could tell from the visual that it was going to be hipsters. I kind of had like, OK, I hope that they're going to talk about these things that I hate about hipsters, because right. if they don't, I'm going to be sad. And of course, above and beyond, <laughs> like yeah. it just captured that. Uh, it captured all of that. And had it, you never seen it before? I saw that one right when it came out, because Patton is someone that I adore. Mm-hmm. And um, then I rewatched it again this morning. Good for you. Had you, you, had you seen it? <laughs> I'd seen it before and you I rewatched it, it too. Yeah, it's... Um, it's okay. You don't have to watch every episode. <laughs> <laughs> those uh, those guests are so perfect for it. Yeah, yeah. Even if you don't like Portlandia, um, which is odd and weird. Yeah, I don't understand <laughs> what kind of person you are yeah. and why you're listening Get to this podcast. Get off our show. <laughs> I mean, well, so <clears throat> for those of you who don't super memorize this episode, it's, it's the one where... Yeah, cool family moves in next door, and there's a sort of Portland-like transformation that kind of takes over the town as the Simpsons have a kind of a culture clash with this with this Portland aesthetic, right? This Portland kind of lifestyle. Um, we don't use the word hipster in the episode. You may notice, mm-hmm. or maybe not. I did not notice, but we consciously it, did not. Yeah, that's smart. I yeah. sort of like we just use the word cool because from Homer's point of view these are like a cool families and he might not even know the word hipster or at least, yeah, like, that you know, and it wasn't, right. as, it wasn't, it wasn't as prevalent a kind of cliche. Like now watching it again, it felt like, Oh wow, there's a lot of hipster cliches, but you know, when we did it, it they, they, well, they were still cliches, but they were less so. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know, I just don't, I don't like kicking hipsters. That seems too easy to me. I agree. It just seems like too, and have fun, have fun with culture and stuff like that. But just to like, it reminds me of like Bob Hope making fun of hippies for having long hair. <laughs> and I'm like, well, since when have young people ever not had their own kind of clothes and music, right? To and style and drugs and restaurants to try to like hang out and have fun and hook up and differentiate themselves from from the past. So like. Yeah, there's something, there's obviously elements of so-called hipsters that are mockable, sure, like pretentiousness or mm-hmm. whatever, the stuff, you, you know, we you know what they are, but like to just kick them and say, oh, you lame hipster, yourself, it's just easy. It's, it's easy very and lame. Easy. It's easy to make the person saying that seem so old. It's really out of touch. Yeah. And also it's just, the word hipster means a billion things. Like people could look at me and Julia and call us that because we both oh, we have pretty much glasses yeah. and, you know, <laughs> wear printed dresses and right, X, Y, Z. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. It's more of an attitude thing. And mm-hmm. I think, yeah, this didn't seem like it was, uh, you know, we're going to, this is the monster of the week. We're going to make fun of this. It, it, the way that Homer deals with it and finds them cool is very sad and very, it like, it, it made me really feel for Homer and Marge who says at one point, but I've always thought you're cool. Right. And that, I don't know, that really got me. Well, I'm and, glad. I'm really happy that, yeah, that that moment was there hit for you or land, landed for you. Right. That's yeah. what we say in sitcoms. That moment <laughs> landed in, in that. Like, I really wanted to have heart that like Homer doesn't feel like he's, he feels like he kind of missed out on, coolness throughout his whole life and you know we've, we've touched on that before in other episodes like in homer palooza and stuff but mm-hmm. yeah i was about to say what what hopefully was distinct about this 
I always think like rate 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 this podcast D for defensive. Uh, <laughs> um, was You're like fine. not just like this is a dad who is similar to Homer who is living a lifestyle unencumbered by you know a kind of traditional nine to five blue collar lifestyle, right? Like he's taking the kids to this is a, this is like the kind of dad we all know who hasn't made who hasn't really adjusted his lifestyle because he has kids and has mm-hmm. included his kids in his, in this, you know, cool lifestyle of, you know, film festivals and Korean barbecue and late night and, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff and roller derby. And <clears throat> like to me, that made it a more specific idea for the episode which is a different parenting styles. Right. As opposed to just like, Look at that guy with the mustache. Right. How dare that girl like him? (laughs) You know, that's how the world works. Anyway, so um, I tried to keep that. And then the breastfeeding thing, that that just felt like I love it. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, Marge, we never really address whether Marge breastfeeds Maggie. I didn't think we'd ever seen her do it. We'd certainly have seen her have a bottle a lot. You kind of believe that Marge wouldn't have done it sort of being pressured into more conventional right, uh, mothering lifestyle. And the Simpsons are right there, the product of kind of a commercialized corporate world that kind of tells them what to do when they kind of, for the most part, do it without questioning and reap the results, the unfortunate results. So to, like be, to be judged for not breastfeeding felt like a really great way for Marge to have a, you know, an interesting, also another interesting parenting conflict with this other family. Yeah. I think that the parenting thing is really rich in this episode and a really rich subject to dive into by way of these quote unquote hipsters, because you just hear a lot of those arguments of this is the new way of parenting. I figured it out. You know, we're going to treat our kids like they're adults. They're going to be our peers. And there's just always going to be a new way, I think. And and to have that attitude of like, I've figured it out is, is usually something that, I don't know, it doesn't work out the way that you want it to. Um, it it is super interesting and and cute that uh, we find out that she did uh, breastfeed with Lisa, who yeah. of course is the more <laughs> gifted. <a> <laughs> yeah. Well, we do the thing we always do, which is make fun of the idea we agree with because it's mockable. Which is <laughs> my opinion: breastfeeding is much more healthy for 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 kids. Yeah. There's a lot of evidence right. that proves of that. You'll be fine if you didn't, but you know the idea that women are you know, we can say buy this product rather than use what comes from your body is insane. Right. Nevertheless, we made fun of the side we agree <laughs> with. But then at the end, we hook around and say, well, <laughs> maybe that's why Lisa is smart. <laughs> and then like Bart is an idiot or not an idiot. <laughs> Bart is less of a, less smart because, you know, Lisa was the one that got breastfed. Yeah. yeah. And, and possibly all the women in the Simpsons family were breastfed because possibly. we know that they are all smart. <laughs> and I would suspect, I would, maybe even baby Lisa I refuse to take the formula. She probably knew. <laughs> right. Of course. Would, yes. me. That's a good point. And she probably insisted against Marge's wishes. Yeah. I do love that. I wrote this in my notes. Got to say, love that most of the hipster dads look like Greg Barrett. They do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Greg was, you know, an early adapter. Yeah. Yeah. You can't use Greg following the crowd. Right. right oh, right. never. But yeah, especially the, the main dad, the Fred Armisen character is, mm-hmm. you know, Definitely mm-hmm. parenting it up <laughs> in a, a great way. Yeah. I love. Does he have a parenting book called Parenting? I think so. He must, right? <laughs> he must. I mean, he's books. He has a couple books, I think. I love when Homer uh, meets Fred Armisen's character and is pointing out all the different like uh, things about what makes him cool. You're from Portland? I've heard of people being from there. No, I haven't. Yeah, but Portland just got too played out. The city used to be real. Do you know there are now restaurants there with two locations? <laughs> Not near my kids. Wait a minute. You have kids? You can't have kids. Look at you. You have a fun job, a skull ring, and it's not Halloween, and your belt is a seatbelt. No one would ever think you're a lame old man. Ah, you can't let being a dad slow you down. The one that made me laugh really hard was the, uh, you're wearing a skull ring and it's not even Halloween. I think that was was Carolyn Omini, I think, pitched that. That's funny. You should get Carolyn on the show. She is the best. Oh, we'd love to. She would do it. She's such a, I mean, she wrote. This year's, did you see, um, I'm switching episodes, guys. <laughs> did you see this year's 
non-Treehouse Halloween episode. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. she wrote that and I thought it turned out great. Oh, wow. that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, we, we were talking about it recently. I love that choice of doing a Treehouse, non, I mean, a non-Treehouse Halloween episode. Well, that was my idea. And then... Oh, but then Carolyn actually Points. thought of the idea idea of points the kind met. of of the real like, yeah Casbah points. But um <laughs> Hashtag Casbah points, right. let's get it there trending. It that would be love to see that trend. <laughs> um well I don't know, a little weird backstory on this episode is at one point we were thinking about doing a show where the Simpsons moved to Portland. Uh-huh. And it was going to, I mean, it was felt a little similar to that. Maybe a little bit of a, what's his face? Scorpio. Oh yeah. Mm. You only moved twice. In the Scorpio zone. But like the idea that Lisa pushes them to move because she doesn't fit it in Springfield. And then when they got there, ironically, she was the only one who didn't like Portland because everyone was similar to her and everyone else fell in love with it. And then she had to convince them to change their mind. And then the show Portlandia aired, and I was like, oh, thank goodness. We would never have done one millionth as good a job of <laughs> right. observing that city as as Portlandia did. So it was like, oh, that's so awesome that we now didn't have a horrible disaster. <laughs> yeah. And but then and then but then we could well, why not steal from the already successful show, you know, Fred and Carrie and co-opt them. Using people's ama- Simpsons love, the awesome power of Simpsons love that people can't resist <laughs> to drag them in and like steal Fred Armisen and Carrie Brownstein for our show and give it a little, you know, Portland provenance, but <laughs> without having to like out Portland Portlandia, which would have been an impossible task, which would have been horrible. I mean, first five minutes of Portlandia opening credits, I was already like, oh, that's. I've only been there once. <laughs> oh, what the spirit of the '90s song? Yes, it's, it's so, so good. good. Well, like, there's actually been a little bit of. Um, I'm sure you know the Portlandia Simpsons crossover. Matt Groening was right. on one of their episodes. Well, he the he didn't Bart want to do it, Scotland. but I I told him he had to do it. I forced him to do it. Oh, oh wow, you did really? a good thing. It I, was great. That was a great uh, sketch. Yeah, it with turned out really Bart I'm stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah he, John he had, Levenstein is the uh, judge there. Mm-hmm. It's great. So good. Yeah, if Matt hadn't done that. He, I don't make him do stuff unless I know it's good for him. <laughs> You're his official keeper. Yeah. <laughs> You're like uh, Britney Spears and, and her dad. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly. Licensed by the state. <laughs> Interesting trivia. Didn't know that. Um, well, I was going to say off of, uh, this is like some real world trivia for Portland. I'm not sure if you know, sure. but if, um, if you went through with that episode of Lisa wanting to move to Portland for a change of pace, um, she might be surprised to find that <laughs> Portland has a crazy dropout rate in high school. Right. That uh, it's it's not good in public schools really? over there, which is very shocking. Uh, she also might be surprised to see streets named after uh, big or oh, like, Flanders. Yeah, like and big characters' names. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we probably would have put that in. <laughs> would have been what do you so think? It's meta. like an Easter egg just in the background? An maybe? Easter egg. It would have been some kind of Easter egg. Yeah. Yeah. That blew my mind when I first went to Portland. I was just like, no. <laughs> do you guys? And they're like, yeah, we know. <laughs> Let's move on. I was, while we were watching, I was, my kids and I were watching some old Portlandias yesterday. They're really, it's a, kind of a good kids show. Although then you'll be kind of watching it with them and there'll be a funny thing about hide and seek in the library and then, then four dildo jokes in a row. Right, right. <laughs> Oops. Oops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the cacao sketch like, is probably not safe for kids. Daddy, daddy, what's wife swapping? Like, um, well, you know, that's where like families like to have more than one daddy. Yeah. Um, anyway. Very natural. <laughs> Though I'm sure they would get the most offended by that one sketch that just spoils the endings of things. I don't know if you've seen that one, but it's like a dinner party where they're just like ruining everything and they have oh, like yeah. all these warnings. You know, before the sketch starts, like Battlestar Galactica will be ruined for you, Breaking Bad, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and then also, there's also the connection is that Bill Oakley, Simpsons That's right. worked on, I think, like one, a or good one, or one or two seasons or three seasons of the show mm-hmm. up there with them. And I believe he also worked a lot on the Portlandia book. Oh, yeah, which is great. I just saw it. The, um, it's like a cookbook. Uh, oh, different, that's fun. Uh, from different characters' perspectives of what they would like cook and oh, bring. And so is it a I love that kind of stuff. Is there another book? I don't remember which one. There could one be two, did. but there is definitely a cookbook. Well, first one, whatever the first one was. Or maybe it's like a guide to Portland through those characters' eyes. But there was a lot of recipes. 
So I'm sure our recipes are actual recipes. Uh, I think half and half, uh, (laughs) depending on the character. Actual recipes. Well, I think that there's a thin line. I think that you could use the joke recipes as real (laughs) recipes. It's sort of like Amy Sedaris's book, you know, it's like, um, or books, I should say, you know, they're like supposed to be phony crafts, but they're also real. Cause, because they are. <laughs> was that the most articulate thing beautiful. I've ever said? Thank you. It was pretty good. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I thought the the parenting storyline was super interesting, um, because you know you don't really get too much of that on the show, other than like Ned, like very Christian, like right. very religious parenting, and then non-religious. So it's kind of, I don't know. It was just really fun to see it be such a different type that is very real, and you do see it all the time, especially now, like that fun dad kind of thing. Yeah, and it's like the kids are the like the grown-ups are kids, and right? Like right. The parents trying to have it both ways. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was it was great that it was uh, Patton as the kid because I I love his joke that is about this concept that mm-hmm. he says on the show, which is basically like parents are supposed to be lame so then that their kids get cool. Like, you know, right. if you have a cool, like, what are you rebelling against? Like, they're going to end up, yeah. like, if you have cool kids, they're going to, or cool parents, they're going to rebel by being really square. I'm worried about that because I'm <laughs> so fucking cool. <laughs> I wouldn't um, worry yeah. too hard about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, pretty I was, easy to seem uncool. Yeah, yeah. I'm, well, yeah. I, I know Come that mom. That's, that's a home run. I'm already pretty pretty momish in in my uh, little march little march (laughs) in my social circles but i was going to talk about i really love the theme that you guys touch upon um through episodes like homer palooza and through this episode of like how homer views himself and how he wants to be cool or sometimes you know when he goes to college he feels like he's cool he's like the jaw compared to the nerds like i just love that that's like there's an essence of that that's uh continuous throughout several episodes that he wants to be in this like cool circle mm-hmm. he wants to be accepted yeah they all do like they they do that really well marge wants to when she joins the you know whatever where she makes the chanel dress um oh the country club yeah and, the country club mm-hmm. and like it's just a very human part of life that you just want to fit in and the simpsons always nails it Cause yeah because they're you know they've been eight billion episodes of the show and we've seen many versions of homer over the years and these, you know, they're very malleable characters to like whatever is sort of happening in society. But I do love, I mean, everyone thinks that they're, in, they have their, you know, that Homer is a certain way, but you know, there's different Homers to be, you know, I mean, you know, I love it when he's kind of shy and insecure and, and doesn't feel like he fits in. And I always think that's very like endearing with him. Like I, I'm not a huge fan of like Homer when he's like in party animal mode. Yeah, me neither. Right, like right. obviously he gets drunk and and has problems, but when the, the when Homer's like first inst, I don't think Homer's first instinct is to like party unless there's something specific fueling that need, you know. That yeah. He, so I always like it when he's kind of shy, like a bear, like mm-hmm. poking around instead of you know like a big, big who's worried he's gonna like knock something over and doesn't feel like he fits in like that's always very you're really good it's a great way to connect with him at the beginning of an episode i mean this episode i do love it people Allie and julia i do love it because like if the, <laughs> we're really on the story begins in like the very first scene mm-hmm. like i mean i look i love doing a crazy this left ways crazy into a show but and i those are in like but to like just the first thing of the show is a woman thinks he's bart's grandpa like so he's feeling Old and lame. Here's <laughs> yeah. a funny piece of trivia I just remembered. So there's a thing where Homer's trying to prove to himself he's not lame. So he draws like a car, like a kind of a cool yes, race, I love race that. car. <laughs> now originally we wanted to put the MTV logo on the car, like Homer was proving himself uh-huh. that that like I'm cool. Look, I drew a car with the MTV logo on it, and MTV <laughs> wanted two thousand dollars to show their logo. Oh my god! I'm like, no, we're Strong. gonna pay you <laughs> yeah. to put you on TV. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, on Fox? On Fo- we're, <laughs> you, you know what, I mean, like, I'm not going to go to war with the Fox lawyers over it, but I'm not going to pay MTV. Right, right. Like, yeah, they look. should pay you. That's good. Uh, it was yeah, insane. absolutely. Well, I, I guess what I was touching upon earlier was more of the longing for being cool. Right. That I, that I love when I see in Homer. And so most recently we spoke with Josh Weinstein about the Poochie episode. Right. And there's a really great moment when they first watch 
um, the episode and it's kind of a dud and he's sort of sitting alone and, you know, feels like he's the only one that liked it, but then even questions that. Like, I like it when he questions his own instincts because mm-hmm. I think that that's very real and relatable. Like, the more real that we see these characters, especially as parents, and we see that a lot in this episode in particular, I think that that's when you guys really hit it out of the park because we want to see more of the family. And like Homer's speech about why he doesn't feel cool which I know oh, lots of great lines so by funny. like Brian Kelly and Matt Warburton who left the show to, you know, worked on community and Mindy project and mm-hmm. he's, he's missed. I love Warburton's should, He'd be a great guest for the show yeah. too. And when Mindy finishes up, he, I actually, he I has remember so many, he did so many great episodes in, in the Warburton era of I mean, his, you know, the squirt and the whale and the, the magician show uh-huh. and the Catholic episode, which I think is one of the best recent episodes you know and he always had a really strong idea that's the springfield up episode anyway warburton's great yeah um the cruise episode which he did with me and um all right sorry what did oh, i no, no, ran didn't. out of steam here oh i was just gonna say my first introduction to matt warburton was um i went to the annie awards several mm. years ago which is the animation academy awards oh yeah if you're if you're <laughs> keeping track at home um and he i think one a category that Patrick Warburton presented. That is so <laughs> funny. And they had a whole moment where they kind of improvised a moment where he was like, uh, hey, uh, didn't see you at Thanksgiving this year. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been rough. And they just like, you know, did this whole also, bit. And Patrick Warburton is the most un-Matt Warburton Warburton. Yes. <laughs> you can imagine he's a big, muscular square jaw he's putty right he's the only one in voice acting that matches his voice you know it's true yeah he looks exactly like all the characters he does yeah he's incredible but you were you the reason you brought that up was you were talking about um homer's speech you know you've got the great lines just like not only do i like van halen but i think they keep getting better yeah like he knows that's bad but he he still thinks they're good yeah that's what i love it brian kelly wrote the brian kelly's awesome what what i always like you know um i think ben schwartz asked me and julie like oh, just ben. generally like what do you not like he's just asked like very basically like, what what do you hate and we both kind of answered like insincerity like we don't oh yeah we like in when general peop- yeah. yeah we we just like when when things are very genuine and and you know i don't like uh people kind of brushing things off or just being or pretending being too cool. yeah, yeah being too cool for school and um i think that that all of the simpsons characters have but homer especially and lisa have that kind of like i I just am who I am. Yeah, I just really like this thing. <laughs> yeah, and, you can't really change it. That's all. Yeah, when but I it, see that in life, I get so pumped up. Even if something that I absolutely hate, if somebody like sincerely loves, I don't know, EDM music, I'm like, <laughs> cool, have fun with that. <laughs> Though I don't know if that person exists. I feel like that's a facade. <laughs> yeah, it's all done with a little bit of an eye roll, but maybe. <laughs> Pr- prove me wrong. Listeners? <laughs> <laughs> or dubstep or whatever. Whatever else we're making fun of this week. <laughs> But, but yeah, no, I agree. And, and I think that, you know, we see that a lot with these characters, uh, especially Lisa, who yeah, can't and, be any less Lisa. Yeah. And this episode with Lisa was really interesting, too, just because, like, she does fit in. Like, she, I love her saying, it's like, I, I got all your references. Like, mm-hmm. And in poor Lisa, like, she probably had the least to do in this episode of the four main family members, even though it's, like, the thing that she would care about the most. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I do love seeing uh, Springfield transformed just directly into Portland. And was the Devil Donuts? Was that it was a takeoff? Voodoo, yeah. voodoo Donuts, sure, right? definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those sure are good. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. That was a. We thought that would be a great way in because otherwise you could see Homer not being into. You need like something to get Homer hooked. Otherwise, he would see a so-called hipster dad and be. And immediately hate him or want to beat him up or something. Right. <laughs> or at least be appalled. And, but so then, but the fact that the donuts, you know, kind of brought him in and then he, he realized this guy was a dad also. I just felt emotionally we were off to the races. Yeah. <laughs> Is that an industry term? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I in think the so. racing industry. <laughs> but, um, I just love pointing out industry terms. <laughs> I think it's funny. <laughs> otherwise, like, like, you know, in the, there was that foodie episode we did, which I also liked. Yeah. And I also wrote. And uh, <laughs> which I, me, everyone's like, oh, Homer could be the ultimate foodie. Like, no, he would be put off by the kind of preciousness and Absolutely. pretentiousness of Homer's such a 
he's not really refined and he wouldn't appreciate the you know the the like the snobbery and of of food and the exclusivity of foodieism he would just yeah he just wants to stuff his face so it didn't make sense for homer i mean obviously you could do an episode where homer is you know mr foodie but that that didn't feel true to him yeah and i would say that, that day he would even he would be more guy fieri in that spectrum yeah. but even still guy fieri comments on the food and pretends like that cheeseburger is like you know uh, hot cuisine so all, all those yeah. restaurants guy fieri goes to look good I know. It's just his restaurants that are <laughs> it's bad. It's kind of the worst thing to watch because it just always makes you hungry. Oh, and no, he's, I, I want to go to all those interesting places. Character. Yeah, yeah. Well, get in a car. Go to the American oh, South. That's where most I, of them are. I can't drive. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, then that's scrapped. <laughs> uh, speaking of driving, uh, if we can for one second talk about uh, Simpsons Hit and Run, which is my favorite video game of all oh, time. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I which mean, one is that? The, that's, that's not a... Road Rage, but this is the one where you get the Buzz Cola. Um, and you have all the different cars and you're trying. Okay, yes. I love that game so much. It came out for me at the perfect age. Right. You know, I was probably like 14 or 15. Oh my God. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that game so much because it's fun. You know, it's got a lot of, I mean, it's just a good game, but the story is great. And uh, I know that you worked on that. It, I it did is, work on it. Yeah, if there's anything you can share I about that, like I'd I love to hear of... it. You wrote it, right? It's just I just show show ran it. I was like the head writer on it. What's I it like writing people. a video game as opposed to writing the show? It's just like, well, you don't. You're not in control. You try to be in control, then you realize you're not in control because you're not a video game programmer. <laughs> so you can craft a story, but the gameplay is like, well, I hope that's fun, <laughs> right? And uh, the level design, like, I guess if I quit The Simpsons and moved to Montreal. To work with the designers, maybe I could have <laughs> done that. Why not? But that wasn't. But uh, that game was fun. There was an argument. Remember, that was the first Simpsons game I really I've worked a lot of Simpsons games. Guys, I've been through the wars. <laughs> oh no! Um, but the pain in your voice is from your recent injury. It's not from yes. the Simpsons. I just want people to know that. No, no. And uh, <laughs> so the first one, yeah, was Road Rage, which. According to court documents, was a crazy taxi ripoff. Um, you got sued. I don't remember. I, I personally didn't. That's for the Fox lawyers. Um, us out. All I remember about that game is there were lots of jumps, and Mo would when Mo's car would land, he would complain about his roids. <laughs> That's great. And then, so the next game we did was Hit and Run, and it, yeah, that game really does have a a fan following. It was sort of a, a little bit in the Grand Theft Auto. Uh huh. Uh, yeah, school. Mm-hmm. You can goes. You can get in and out of the cars. Mainly, that was the big argument at the beginning of that game. <laughs> can you get in and out of the cars? <laughs> yeah. Um, you can. That was we won that. We won that battle. <laughs> and you know what was it? It was like people were being spied on by corporate. Yeah, it was. It was robots. really elaborate. Yeah, it was kind of like an alien government. Was Kang thing. and Kodos the bad guys? Yeah, it was. It was so. But you don't know like, that until the end. Humanity were like a test group for something it, it was focus like, group yeah exactly it was like very conspiracy theory stuff yes. and it was really fun and uh you know before that game i never played road rage um i the only game i'd played before was the windows 95 game uh virtual springfield right which Ooh. uh the cd rom was a donut you put it in I mean, and like, deep cut i got I, a free copy of that <laughs> did not work on it you know yeah. it at least for me because then i would have been like you know five <laughs> like it was mm-hmm. like so fun just to be able to look at the simpsons world of course yeah. it's not really a game like there aren't like you, you could play you could walk up to the arcade and play the games within the game and other than that like you mostly just click on stuff and like you know there's like a um I don't know, like a voodoo doll or whatever that you prick and it's homer and you hear him saying doe in the other oh, room fine. stuff like that it was really cool but then to go to this uh simpsons hit and run game where it's even more like you get you get all the cool cars from different episodes that you kind of forget about like homer's car design is there mm-hmm. it's so fun and now yeah. we have tapped out which is taking the world by storm tapped oh my god out, people girl. are addicted tapped to tapped out, is crazy. out i mean i worked a lot on tapped out at the beginning now i've tapped out of tapped out <laughs> yeah. Stuart burns is the sort of writer producer showrunner of that game along with our great partners at ea and uh but that thing has really become like they did not expect Tap Out to become the 
enduring phenomenon that it has. It's yeah. insane. I mean, it's not in the top ten grossing anymore, but it was for trust a while. me, it's it's it it's still making money. Yeah, I'm I bet. pretty sure. Jeez. And and we had a lot of. I mean, that tapped out, hit and run. The road rage wasn't very fun. But <laughs> hit and run, and this this the Simpsons game. I also, I mean, maybe the gameplay was disappointing to some people, but like the story in the Simpsons game, if you ever played that, is really, really good. Rated, <laughs> rated D for defensive. Uh, <laughs> that it's basically the same plot as Wreck-It Ralph, which came out way before Wreck-It Ralph. I'm sure Wreck-It Ralph didn't take it. I just feel <laughs> flattered to be included by no one in the same conversation <laughs> as Wreck-It thinking. Ralph. Yeah, yeah. Parallel thinking is be- it's a beautiful thing. It we is. all did it. Great mind. We all do it. But, you know, it's like there's a world within video games and characters are obsolete. And I mean, if you you haven't played it, it's one of the level boss at the end. Well, the pre-level boss is Matt Groening. Oh, my God. Who throws money at you. Oh, perfect. In addition to many other surreal is moments. Is it the real Matt Groening or is it like the image that we get and um, I think with the 138th episode Spectacular? No, it's like a, well, it's the sort of cartoon version of him the simpsons oh, okay. version okay. Uh, not the weirdo version that would have been a deep <laughs> deep deep cut but a great but, one but that's yeah. i mean if you ever i mean honestly like if you if you're really bored just go <laughs> onto youtube and just watch the cutscenes of that game okay and it's, it's a it's not a bad it's a it's a pretty good epic little story i'm excited about that mm-hmm. in addition to uh you know the video game stuff yes um hi Hi. <laughs> what other what other non-show stuff have you been a part of? Like, there's just so much merch. There's the Simpsons um, theme, theme park, park ride, yeah. which is amazing. Well, that was the funnest. You what worked did, on that? Yeah, what did you do in that? I got to put on a hard hat and, like, go into Back to the, into Back to the Future, the ride, as they were dismantling it and transforming it into the Simpsons ride. Mm-hmm. So... You actually were, like... Yeah. doing it that's so well, we cool did you pick up a hammer what, no. how was this visit <laughs> but we we, we did they know you were around. coming the, the, <laughs> yeah you showed up <laughs> it was such great fun to you know to help craft a theme park ride i bet i can't even oh imagine my, God. my dream job is to be a disney imagineer and if i wasn't doing comedy <laughs> i swear that's my answer it's you know it's very complicated the science of theme park rides is is very complicated and to learn about that i mean I really felt like I was just an observer, mainly. I had a couple of jokes in that thing, but I believe I'm the one who forced them to have goo come out of, get wet when you go into Maggie's mouth. It's so cute. Oh, yeah. Those I wanted of, it to be baby. There needs to be a wet moment, I think. I wanted it too. to be a baby oil squirt, but they would <laughs> be more like saliva, but they wouldn't do that. Um, <laughs> but because um, it used to be the way it was, there was a ride called Back to the Future of the Ride at Universal, yeah. which they transformed into the Simpsons ride. And again, Matt Warburton is maybe the lead writer on that. I mean, Al Jean worked a lot on it too and ran it. And, um, um, but to just to to see them transform the DeLoreans into crusty crusty cars from just a practical standpoint of just construction workers and hard hats and the holes you could fall into and die. It was just so interesting and. And then you have to create all the pre-show stuff, oh, which keep is people so entertained, good. and then you know, and then to calculate exactly how long the ride is and how efficiently you can get people in and out of the ride, because like if a ride is all this crazy like math, like if a ride is four minutes and ten seconds, the the line the line will be this long. Right. If, if, right. The, if the ride you add five seconds to the ex- ride experience, you are adding twenty minutes to the ride. Like. Yeah. Every every minute change has this huge side effect in the how long people have to wait to experience it. So it's really interesting. Yeah, that's stuff that I would have never even begun to think about. Yeah, well, it makes total sense. I always wonder that with um, rides at Disneyland. Like, I know that Pirates of the Caribbean is like a 15-minute ride or something crazy. Whoa. Not 15-minute, maybe like 10. Jeez. But, but yeah, I've always wondered like how that relates to the fact that the line is always pretty manageable and I don't know, stuff like that. <laughs> eh, just yeah. Kind of ramblings. The, the Simpsons ride is legitimately funny though. And it's like, yeah. I love the story. I, I love all the details. The crusty burgers are, they're vegan options for us. So we're happy. Are you, are you guys both vegans? We yeah. are. Oh, good for you. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks. Yeah. So it's nice that, that we could still enjoy the fun. Yeah. I was having an argument with my wife last night over whether Lisa would eat salmon roe. 
<laughs> and I think I lost because I think the salmon are killed oh, to extract gosh. the roe. Yeah, mm. yeah. So if she found some fresh roe, like in a lake mm-hmm. or a river, maybe that would be okay because Lisa eats eggs. Sure. Yeah. But um, when is this going to air? In a couple weeks. Can I plug the March 13th episode if what yeah. air before that? Yeah. Why not, why not plug a new episode, right? Let's yeah, yeah, why not? Talk about it. Why not? <laughs> Tell us more. You just 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 take just my mic away when you're bored. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a we have uh an episode where Lisa signs up for the Mars program to go to Mars. Ooh. And Mars is very much against it. That's aired March 13th. And I know it sounds like a really crazy episode. Like, of course, Lisa's not going to Mars. <laughs> but I, I think we found a way to make it emotionally interesting and relatable as sort of a yeah. mother-daughter conflict episode. It is, I'm really excited about it. And it, has a lot of, it also has a lot of eggs and chickens in it, too. Oh, cool. <laughs> and and uh, Sharpling and Worcester in it from The Best yes. Show. Oh, my God. Awesome. I'm so excited for this. I've been, and, yeah. And that show is written by Brian Kelly, who's one of the best. And he's a huge Best Show fan. So we, we we wrote them a real. They get to play these Mars scientists, and oh, cool. hopefully we captured a little bit of their dynamic. And the illustrations of it are perfect. It looks just like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they uh, they wanted to look like each other. That's so exciting. Oh. Even though they're not playing themselves. Right, right, right. So you established you've worked for The Simpsons for twenty years. Yes, a large chunk of time. Out of that twenty years, um, what are some of your favorite like? guest voice moments like celebrities that you got to meet just because of working on the simpsons well the ones that come to mind jack black mm-hmm. so who we we did another we before we even knew the word hipster or at least before i knew the word hipster as the way we now think of it he played like the hipster comic book store owner of the kind of better ver- the meltdown comics that's <laughs> yeah. on the show. Yeah, the the Coolsville. The Simpsons. There's the word cool uh, And Daniel Klaus is in that episode? Dan Klaus and yeah. comic book Alan guy Moore, works at, uh, Golden Art Apple. Spiegelman. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. He's more like old school dickhead golden apple guy. Although that guy died. And Oh boy. Yeah, it's very golden apple. Like and Android Dungeon. Android Dungeon. Mm-hmm. Like the kind of imperious lord of his domain. Yes, of course. And then there's Meltdown, which is more like so. Jack Black played this cool, more chill comic book owner. He had to he had to sing all these songs, and he had to sing a song in Korean for us, which he sang phonetically. And it didn't clear. It was Goldfinger from James Bond. Oh. So he had to come in and sing another song phonetically in Korean. Wow. And so that he gets like the hero award for that, and he was great. That's amazing. And um, Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh, man. Uh, that was amazing. He seems like the best. Watching him. We you know, wrote a part for him that was... And then to watch him go bananas and take it to the next level as this Israeli tour guide was amazing. <laughs> and then then we had to have all his Hebrew translated to make sure he wasn't saying anything too inflammatory. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, to be in the room and just pitch jokes to him and try to get him going and give him ideas was super thrilling uh, I don't know. And then over the phone for like 10 minutes, Sir Ian McKellen. Oh my oh. God. I mean, it wasn't, it was a small part, but come on, Ian McKellen. Right? I know. So awesome. That was the That's one incredible. just for pure. And he, what was his Skype username? You can tell. I, I don't know. At Sir Ian McKellen, dude. <laughs> <laughs> cool dude at Skype.com. <laughs> you know, Ian was fantastic. I mean, at first he did it very naturalistically and i'm like uh and I, how do you give this guy direction right? right over the phone you can't even see him and how do you tell a knighted sir right <laughs> gandalf I mean, it's awesome god that must be so hard so it's yeah. like um more like uh you know like theatery <laughs> a little bit you know and like that was he and then he's he knew what i wanted he knew he wanted a big booming cartoon version of himself right 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 oh, it was so a slam cool. a slam dunk and then Oh man, who else? Um, well, we recently had Kate McKinnon on the show. She's the best, and she really did a great job. That was super thrilling for another Carolyn Omine episode. And, um, you know, we really created Carolyn and writers and Kate really created a an interesting, deep guest character, a really inter- a guest character worthy of all this screen time that we gave her. So it's a really, it was a really you know nuanced, weird 
juicy guest spots. That was a great one also recently. That's exciting. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Those are the ones that just popped to mind. I probably... And that episode's coming up. Forgotten a few. The Kate McKinnon one aired. Oh, okay. That one aired relatively recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it like when you were first coming on the show? I'm guessing you were a fan of it before you were hired. Yeah, it was scary. Mm-hmm, I <laughs> would imagine. Yeah, so that's Bill like and nine, Josh say the same thing. Just yeah. that, you know, and they came in, you know, fair, three fairly early, four. of course. And, mm-hmm. and they were just like, ooh, we don't know what we're doing. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, I just tried to keep my head down and not be the most annoying person there. How old were you? Because you're young. Well, let's see. <laughs> 45. I wasn't probably like 20. I don't know the numbers add up entirely, but. But definitely the youngest. 20. I was 97. I was born in seven. So I was like in my 20s. 25, That's 26. Crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> that makes me want to catch up in my own life. Makes pursuits. me want to kill myself. Oh, okay. No, God. It's we've, a different. It's a drastically it's, different takes on that information. Different. Well, I hope. Life I hope you don't kill yourself. It doesn't always go that way. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I had a, a strange, unique path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you going to do? Right, right. So yeah, it's like you come into the room, you try to figure out. Well, you what know, the Mike tone Scully is. was a showrunner, and I uh-huh. tried to kind of f- figure out the energy of it. Try to play it cool, you know. Just don't try to win everybody over the first day. Right. So Hi- hide your fear. You know, I mean, I, you know, it just was a. It was a pretty good. It was a pretty. They were pretty. People were pretty chill there, and I would just, just hung in and sort of waited for my moments and eventually you know just everything in the simpsons happens and it's more slowly and so you just have to kind of learn to figure out the best way to be helpful mm. i mean i guess that i would say to like young writers out there like yourselves i guess and again every show is different every showrunner is different every psychological cocktail of creativity is different for trying to put out a show right but you know, I think when young writers often start with their thinking is like, how can I do a great job or how can I let them know that I'm good? How can I not screw this up? Right. 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 What the showrunner wants from you is how can this person, A, not get in my way and B, <laughs> how can they help me? How can I be helpful? Right. How can I be helpful to what the showrunner needs? And part of that is not talking all the time or pitching all the time. It's, it's listening. It's really listening and trying to be perceptive and even just even just projecting an energy of confidence and I'm glad to be here. This show is going to be great. We're doing a great job together. It's it's like a there's a little bit of Stuart Smalley there, you know, <laughs> right. And like to, to hide your anxiety and your need, your need to do well, your need to not fuck up and just project confidence and helpfulness and support for the guy who or woman whose job it is to actually make sure the show comes out on schedule on budget and is any good. Yeah. I think that that's so important because it's so easy to just tumble down a spiral of if anyone reveals that they think that either the story they're working on or the show as a whole may not be as strong as everyone hopes it will be, then I think that that's really contagious and people will start to doubt every idea and like why they're there in the first place. Yeah. So you just want to sort of be positive Shut up a lot. Although <laughs> those two great bits not, of advice. <laughs> shut not, up a lot. Don't shut up too much. And, <laughs> and again, for God's sakes, put your phone away. Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> this is kind of a bigger question, I guess. But how has the show changed in the time that you've been there? I mean, you like I imagine that so much. Um, in addition to making scripts that you guys love, that you think you know are funny and smart and meaningful to you, there must be a part of like you know, the legacy of the Simpsons and, and making sure that, I mean, how, how much are you guys thinking about like the people that always want things to stay exactly the same? Or I don't know, I, I guess I'm just curious about what, what is going through your head now and kind of how it has evolved from your side of things. Well, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a big question. It is. Um, <laughs> you know, the show evolves tonally every season, every episode, sometimes, with the different writers, different showrunners, and you know, and like there's different sensibilities there that exist, you know, and like the ones that I sort of have more creative involvement with. I guess I'll just speak to that, which is like, golly, these aren't really like the classic beloved episodes, and they're they're more like 
they're just like the way I see it for better or for worse. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I, the kind of stories I like, I don't, I don't have a lot of giant jokes and cutaways and big joke jokes. I just want to like sort of have a point and like explore a world and try to get into stuff. Yeah. So like, that's what's I, and I can, that's only what I, I like blabbering, but um, (laughs) totally allowed. You know, I like, I like big crazy episodes with giant jokes that we do a lot now. And I, I find those hard for me to do myself just because my own, everyone has their own aesthetic that's Mm -hmm. in your brain for whatever reason. And it's hard to break out of. And, um, so I guess it's, you know, the show just has different kinds of ups and downs. And sometimes we do big, insane episodes. And sometimes we do an episode that you could almost do in a live action show. I mean, I just think it's important to mix it up. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, I know the show is never going to feel like it did in the first, you know, eight or so seasons when it was, the animation was so warm and hand drawn and fuzzy and cozy and engaging. Like we'll never have that back. The show is digital now. Right. Like, and I think the comedy, the way the comedy and storytelling is written has to, had to kind of change to, to take advantage of that, that we've lost the, the hand drawn warmth that the show originally had. And, you know, it's like sad that technology evolved and we sort of lost that. I think our animators do a great job. Mm-hmm. I think there's lots of great, you know, facial acting and stuff, but you know, HD Simpsons does not look like adorable fuzzy season three Simpsons you know yeah yeah and that's just more with how animation is evolving as a whole yeah so most shows are on flash and you can do certainly now we can write all these crazy background jokes like to to bring it back to the day the earth stood cool um the you know there's like that sexual harassment seminar and there's in my opinion three very funny background sign jokes like what is it Eric the workplace something viking oh, and the, the, keep double entendre keep, single or keep entendre single yeah. the thing about you know there's a thing about watching softcore porn there's an anagram about softcore porn or something and the, yeah, yeah. the right kind of high five is on a hand the wrong time is on a butt like yeah like that kind of stuff is a delight and i love it's so much fun to populate the background of these shows with you know people for interesting goo for people who want to rewatch it yeah mm-hmm. it's so rich there's never been a simpsons episode that's just like i don't know uh, that it's always worth rewatching at least a couple just for times the atmosphere just for the sign gags yeah it's just so dense i love it so much and yeah. there's a lot going on in this episode with um that warehouse they're in too like yeah so yeah details. which is so funny i love that joke of like a kid's party being in an abandoned warehouse <laughs> and yeah just and we it's so fun we brought back a lot of in the background of that this is the birth the, the hipster kids birthday party at the abandoned warehouse I mean, we had different. We Tim and Eric were in the background there as the oh, foodies. Fun. We had, I believe, were there. Th- was Amy Dan- Mann there? Amy Mann was not there, <laughs> but like, I think like maybe Dan. We put Dan Klaus in the background oh, and like people that and we put da- the Jack Black guy. Yeah, Milo. I guess we already have the designs. I mean, just right? Copy so it's and like, paste we, that. you know, it's fun to to take people for, when you know you only have so much energy, but to take what energy you have and right. look into the past and bring back the history of the show and just populate the world with it is always fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, are, are there any moments that you feel like you're the most proud of in your job on the show, either as, you know, writing or producing or the kind of hard hat stuff that you did at the yeah. theme park? Like, I don't know. I just proud of hanging in there. Yeah. <laughs> I just love working with the men and women on the writing staff. And I, you know, the Al's, been such a good showrunner and he's been such a supportive of me over the years and to try to like to help him make good shows and then I you know get to the shows that I write that I kind of throw my extra heart into is such a privilege you know I just you know I get very sentimental about it um I do I do love it <laughs> I do love at the end of the of this hipster episode that they took the unnecessary chains and wallet chains and oh, neck yeah. scarves and <laughs> yes. they were necessary they like were Necessary. I I love the I I love the you know the the kind of 
Bring the, the old bring back. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, the old bring back. The old bring back. another industry Showbiz. Term. Well, I love the button at the end of this episode with uh, Mr. Burns's uh, oh, yeah. PSA. Okay, so that was based on the Mast Brothers chocolate. Do you know who they are? No. no. Well, treat yourself. Ooh, <laughs> to a Google? To a little Google search. There's this guy called the Mast Brothers. They make this artisanal bean-to-bar chocolate. Mm-hmm. And... They could not be more ridiculous parody of what you would think a artisanal hipster, <laughs> yeah. you know, foodie chef guys with these beards. So that was like, okay, so we would watch this video online of these goofy, super self-important chocolate makers that they have online with like, and then, oh, wouldn't it be funny if Mr. Burns did artisanal yeah. electricity in that same vein? So <laughs> we, it was really from the Mass Brothers. And then... Awesomely left down the. We just found out that a the Mass Brothers have been accused of not making their own chocolate. <laughs> the whole thing was just a complete claim. fraud. That's Whoa. amazing. And that these are actually there is a strong chance, and I have an unbelievable respect for them if this is the case, that these guys are just bros who decided to work the system and created this hipster fake image <laughs> yes to just trick everyone into buying their expensive chocolate that's I love awesome those kind of conspiracy i love it i'm a truther for those conspiracy theories you should do a, you treat yourself to a little googling Ooh, on this i will if you want to put a, i don't know what kind of what the website backup is for the podcast but if, if you put a you put a link to their yeah we'll tweet, we'll about, tweet about, about it, the, about it yeah. to the mass brothers video which was the <laughs> inspiration for the burns thing over the it's credits so fun That'll it's be so beautiful. fun is there any specific character either in the core uh simpsons family or like a side springfield character that you love to write for the most well i'll say i'm right now we're having some, a lot of fun with kirk yeah oh my God. he's the best kirk is the best and we have I a mean, big kirk homer episode coming up next year ah oh, that's so exciting oh good and we you know, Kirk, because Kirk is, you know, the worst of all of, all of us. Yeah. <laughs> a very you know, special like, patheticism. Like, I love writing for Sad Sack so much. I mean, he's just really pathetic. And yeah. sometimes he's just super pathetic for a clean joke that he had to sell his eyeballs or no. He didn't become a scare. <laughs> no, that was Gil who sold his eyebrows. He was a scarecrow. Oh, Gil's great too. He was a scarecrow. Um, uh-huh. But we got a little deeper into Kirk's backstory. And uh, Josh Weinstein was happy to know we were calling back. Gudger College. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to make uh, like a fake collegiate t-shirt of that. I mean, well, with Fox legal uh, just, agreeing. I don't. The, if Fox legal, legal is, if they've truly trademarked Gudger, then I'm very impressed. <laughs> well, their their mascot is a knight. I will give you a little spoiler. Ooh. So you, I don't know, Sir, Gud, oh, Sir Gudge a lot. Yeah. And uh, Gudger College. What a great combination of words. That seems very Oakley and Weinstein type of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Type of. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's yeah. great when you can identify like what joke came from where. Though we had a conversation with Josh, and we thought one joke was definitely a Conan joke, and he was like, "I wrote that," and it was a great <laughs> moment. The the heavens they opened up, and we we went up to I don't know wherever Poochie goes at the end of the episode. Oh, right. <laughs> we died on the His way back planet. to our home planet. <laughs> <laughs> that episode yeah. is so good. It is the best. Yeah. Yeah, and it, uh, he was talking to us. I mean, the listeners know, but uh, that that was such a great episode of commentary from the writer's perspective on the show of like the relationship between the writers and the Simpsons and the fans, and like you know how yeah, they it was could really never ahead of up. its time too. I think. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, I you know, I it's yeah, it's hard to it's in, in today's super content heavy universe. It's hard to have an impact like the way you used to. You know, right. Like I used to think like, oh, this is a real, people are really going to get mad about this or people are going to love this. And then, oh, people really didn't care about this at all. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, yeah, it, in a way that is both comforting and, and um, disconcerting, shows now feel like a drop in the bucket in like the wide landscape of that there is so many TV just shows. so much and, TV. Yeah. It's crazy. Netflix needs to chill out. Netflix needs to take take a knee. So uh. You're saying Netflix needs to chill with itself? Yeah. yeah. Ooh, that was Beautiful. very nice. That was great. Well, it was a, it was a prof- comedy writer? Professional, yeah. professional yeah. setup. Remember, the straight man woman is as important as the punchline yes, pun, yeah. punch guy. <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining us today. Well, yeah, thanks yeah. for Talking coming over and 
watching me lie on my back. <laughs> <laughs> it's a. It's I can think of no privilege. better way. Yeah, no better way to spend my day. You know, I think you, I really like your podcast. And, oh, thanks. You know, the affection you guys have for the show is really endearing. And, you know, I, I know, I know, I know there's a groundswell of emotion for the early years, which I, I completely earned. But the more we, you know, the more you can find the, 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 the later year ones, there's so many good ones. And I hope you can yeah, dig, dig yeah. into those as well. And We definitely are. And the podcast is making it more and more like this is where we want to go. Like, right. And as we've said on the show, like it's more just we were, we were little kids then. And, and now we get to see things with grown up eyes. And yeah. And, and I mean, we've said it, too, on the show. Like it's it, there was never any point where we were like arms crossed. Fuck, never, fuck never post this. But I think <laughs> that people like f- read into any, I don't know. I think people projected onto us of what now I'm defending myself. Now this is deeper defensive. <laughs> <laughs> I think people read into that. Um, but yeah, that's something that like, I, I, it's a treat when I see a Simpsons episode that I've never seen before. And I find these great jokes in it. Cause of course it's great. And you it's know? fun that, uh, you, you, Julia and I get to watch the episodes for the first time together, which is like a really yeah. cool thing that I wouldn't think I'd get to do. Like as a kid, you didn't know that the Simpsons was going to last this long. And right. the idea of making grown up friends that you get to watch the Simpsons with is really cool. But yeah, in terms of our affection for the show, we love the Simpsons and we love the Simpsons writers that we've gotten to talk to. We've never met anyone that works on the show that isn't super just warm and love yeah. what they do and it makes us really happy yeah. so thank you so much well yeah well thank you guys because like you know everyone has their own for a 28 year show at this point like everyone gets on the highway at some point and gets off the highway at some point, <laughs> you know and like there's just so many people have had their own little road trip on right. various seasons some people it's you know it's seasons three through eight and some people it's can you imagine like yeah my years were 19 through 23 was when I <laughs> yeah, watched That's, that's, that's what I was watching it. And, of course, now anybody can watch any episode at any time on Thank God. Simpsons it's World. Thing. And, the best app in the world. And it, it works. Really yeah. And, like the, our, and it's on, plus it's on FXX yeah. all the time. It's so... It's magic. Yeah. Well, I think that getting on and off, that's a great analogy. Getting on and off, like, you know, the road for the show. I think that's just in the nature of general TV watching. I think that it's... Um, you know, people find things when they find them and then maybe they get distracted. They go to college, they have kids, <laughs> they do life things. Yeah. TV isn't number one in their lives, unfortunately. Oh man. It is so exciting for my friend, um, who watched this business as a kid who now has a daughter whose name mm-hmm. is Maggie Aww. and, um, Maggie just had a birthday. We share the same birthday and it was really Aww, cute. He sent me sweet. a, sent me a picture of, uh, Maggie watching, uh, Simpsons and it, it made me really happy I think that's something so great and unique about the show given that it's lasted this long that there are multiple generations it's that the can coolest. you know start traditions with their kids yeah and, and also yeah I mean people you know around third or fourth grade is kind of when kids really start to get into it now and yeah I mean yeah maybe to some degree the show is a little bit like our hardcore fans are are preteen preteens <laughs> but you know we don't really we try we'll still try to write a show that is a has is appealing for a joke. Yeah. For a joke. Appealing for adults. Right, right, And right. for a joke. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not on painkillers anymore. I'm just a little, <laughs> little tired. Uh, so we've got that episode coming out uh, March 13th. March 13th. It's called The Margie and Chronicles. Ooh. And, you know, the Sharpling and Worcester. It's going to be great. Chickens. Uh, <laughs> oh, you had me at chickens. There's there's a, a uh, daily fantasy football brand called draft pigs that i like isn't it oh nice <laughs> so just great i okay i'll shut up in one second you can <laughs> leave the casbah <laughs> no but um i'm gonna live here forever but um one of the funnest i'll just leave you with this there's nothing more fun than creating for me fake foods and restaurants on the show and so you'll if, if there are any matt selman fans out there who care to, to delve into the, this sort of thing you will notice <laughs> almost every show i do has so many fake restaurants chains foods products <laughs> i just I, hell they're, yeah they're irresistible hell yeah. yeah yeah and then if anybody's listening out there that wants to make fake merchandise for these fake uh That'd restaurants and oh my you gosh. know yeah tweet ooh, that's a tall and... order and but we'll we'll retweet and maybe we'll have an art show where it's just the f- oh, oh i'm getting do, big now yeah, we should do that. we'll have an art show we'll take over the world <laughs> Melt, we'll more traveling. meltdown art shows yeah yeah <laughs> uh but yeah w- uh, w- anything else that you'd like to plug or anything that you'd like to no i just us? like i was so flattered you guys would take the time and just oh, everyone course. maybe we want to take another look at 
the day the earth to oh wait one more thing about the day the earth to cool yeah, also yes, is that we got the Decemberists were in it and they yeah and they, why didn't we talk about that they, they scored they, and they scored it and they and wow, that, really? Colin Malloy we wrote another line and he was like no no I know how I talk <laughs> and he was right say hello to your new music teachers the Decemberists. Now, who wants to learn a song about press gangs and infanticide? But, you know, they scored the episode, too. That was a unique thing. Like, when the town is turned getting Portlanded it out. Yeah. Like, all that scary music, they wrote it. So they wrote, they, they did the scoring. They That's great. To let, let the great Alf Clausen have a little mini break and <laughs> his hard work. And they did all those music cues and they were. They were I mean, really good. How fantastic is that that's so terrific and they have a, such a great line of like oh kids like any songs about infanticide and what was the other <laughs> one press gangs press gangs and infanticide so good so good so thank you for, you know to, and like and, and Patton was so good like Patton he was, was great yeah. from the first line of the show you know who his car his, his guy Absolutely. is neighbors I get it like <laughs> yeah you're like yeah He's perfect, and I've known Patton forever, so it was sort of thrilled to. It was great to hear his voice come out of a child. A child. <laughs> <laughs> Look at these obscure card games. Hey, do you have Uno? I did when I was Uno. Check out all these swords and activity dolls. No, that's Combat Jack, the original British doll that Sergeant Activity ripped off. Fine, you have a weird old version of something. Let's just watch TV. A TV. We don't own a TV. I didn't know that was an option. I think I'm done here. Lisa, go nuts. My dad only lets me watch what's on his queue. If I don't get off the Cloud Palace, I'll never get home for school tomorrow, but the Toad Spirit has that Ginzy. <gasps> We've seen it from a rat. <laughs> now we get a child, which is kind of like a boy rat. <laughs> Rat boy. <laughs> Shut up, rat boy. Did oh, I just have yeah. a stroke? Uh, yep. <laughs> well, I'm having a great uh, time. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks uh, Thanks so much. And All then, right. um I'll shut up. <laughs> Do, what's your Twitter that people can tweet Oh, sure, to? if they care. It's at Matt Selman, one word, M-A-T-T-S-E-L-M-A-N. Great. And then uh, you can follow us at Simpsons Pod and uh, Julia. Where can people find you? At Julia Prescott and all the things. And then uh, I'm at Allie Gertz and all the things. Send us your emails. Send us your tweets. Send us pictures of Matt Selman's food. It's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.